Hello and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and their very special guests just rampage and rip-roar their way and then eventually climb down the chimneys of the 80s movies we think we love or might have missed. With these, our modern 2021 eyes... Uh, today we were watching Gremlins, a movie selection from 1984. From 1984. That was a weird way I said it. Oh, that's right. good. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. <laughs> Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're going to like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. So we're uh, live. Hey, everyone. Hey, I see you. (laughs) At the the Neighborhood Comedy Theater in downtown Mesa, Arizona. Uh, I'm Chrissy Lenz, uh, this podcast's comedian and resident doer of wrong things that don't make the sound work. Um, And with me, as always, is uh, filmmaker Nathan Blackwell. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Two awesome guests today, uh, both performers at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater. Uh, We have an improviser and I forgot the second thing already. It's okay. I'm I'm a very recent horror movie enthusiast. Yes. And comedian, improviser, all-around wonderful, hilarious young person. Yeah. Which means I haven't seen this movie. That's really all you're trying to say. It is, yes. You didn't experience the the time zone of this movie. Um, And also, uh, another improviser. You didn't say your name. Oh. Oh, oh my God. Well, I I just identify as young person. (laughs) It's okay. These two people need no introduction. Yeah. And now to begin talking about (laughs) Gremlins. My name is Mallory Roeder. I'm an improviser, a recent horror movie enthusiast, 
and uh, an all-around young person, which means, again, I did not see this movie prior to this podcast. Of course not. Uh, and then we have a uh, another young person who is also an improviser and journalist, an all-around movie nerd. Uh, do you want to say your name since Mallory yeah, said I'll her? Say <laughs> I don't want to leave you out. I just don't out. want to make it seem uh, unfair. Yeah, my name is Kevin Reagan. No relation, but quite fitting for this podcast, actually. Yes. <laughs> That's why you're selected. Yes. And um, so, Gremlins, uh, did you see this as a kid? Was this a movie oh, that you yeah. enjoyed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, this is this was this, this was like one of those staples. Like, you know, you saw Goonies, you saw this, you saw the Indiana Jones movies. It was like part of the required watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the most popular movies. Yeah, like we didn't the have year, the Marvel yeah. movies. We had these kind mm-hmm. of things, like, you know, individual, you know, it was like there would be a great one. And then the sequel would suck. Mm-hmm. And then maybe then five years later, they'd make a third one that mm-hmm. was worse. Or maybe <laughs> slightly better, but still pretty bad. And then everyone assumes that just the first one only exists. Right. Kind of, I feel like you're talking about Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's a long list. It's yeah. a long list of, mm-hmm. of like, you know, Ghostbusters, like these iconic movies. Mm. And then the sequel comes out. You're like, oh, that didn't really exist. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, you know, young people, if you're wondering what's wrong with those of us in our 40s. That's what we had to do yeah, when we were we your age, okay? And then you go and back and watch promises. them and you're like, there's way more dead Santa in this movie right. than I thought there was. <laughs> um, and it's it's all in there. But yes, of course, I saw this movie uh, over and over and over as a child and very much edited, edited it in my brain to yeah. be a, the only the short version, to, which yeah, is Gizmo to, and Gremlins. To be fair, <laughs> I, I was like eight, and you, you were what, like five or something like that? Uh, it, yeah, I was four. Four, yeah. yeah so. okay. sure. I mean, I didn't watch. I mean, we watched it on VHS and, and yeah, such. yeah. I, and th- this TV. is not a movie that they that I would have been allowed to see in the theater. Mm-hmm. I I actually remember uh, like seeing it in the theater, but in the dollar theater, and then making my grandma take me out of the theater (laughs) at the moment where the old lady goes flying off the staircase. I was like, this is too much too much for me. Oh, you you removed yourself. (laughs) I made my grandma take me next door (laughs) to Walgreens. But she wanted to stay. She she wanted to stay. There were other children there that were a part of our group, and they got to stay. It was a field trip. (laughs) (laughs) It was like my older cousins. Who were not as traumatized by it. Um, so this was this was this a first watch for you, Kevin? No. Okay. I saw this movie. I rented it from the library on VHS. How responsible like, of you! I'm a good citizen. Well, did I, he return it? I don't I, know. <laughs> well, I remember the VHS section disappeared shortly after mm. I rented Gremlins. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, but yeah, I've seen this movie a couple times before. Watching it again. Um, was an interesting experience, I have to say. My hot take is that I think this movie should be taught in schools. Mm. Oh. Okay, For, to what end? For what purpose? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are we meant to learn? There are, personal responsibility. Yeah, I guess so. Exactly. There are so many things hidden and jam-packed into this movie. There are so many political allegories mm-hmm. hidden into it. Yeah. I think it's a good way to like get kids to think about the world and about their surroundings and about the way they consume things and treat the environment. There's just a lot. There's a lot in it. Well, I cannot wait to get to each of those individual things. Mm -hmm. Um, My hot take is that this is a 
dark, 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 dark movie. Yeah. And my yeah. dark. Dark movie. And I'm surprised that all of you saw it as children. Four years old seems very young for like that oh, yeah. final gremlin face melting scene. And then like a, like a final scare right before the movie ends. Mm-hmm. This doesn't seem like a child's movie. And like, especially because the lead actor is like, 18 in this 19 he? years he old he works at a bank and his <laughs> and his buddy judge reinhold is 23 and is the junior manager so these are kids who are not in they should be in college but they're not right yeah right. they're I think that's kind of the theme they're in a dead-end town yes. that's kind of yeah. an element of the movie so they're basically your age mallory yeah and uh, I, I don't know. It seems like if this was a movie that was made for children, <laughs> then it would have like starred children, a la like The Goonies, mm-hmm. is yeah. like a scary movie, but like has children, is for kids. So like it's not for adults, or no, it, it it's not for children, but it has these like goofy scenes of mm-hmm. like, and we kind of saw it in the trailer of like this woman riding up on the like assisted stairs mm-hmm. thing and then is just yeeted out of the window yeah. <laughs> and then we assume she's dead because she's just two feet up in the, <laughs> in the snow <laughs> yeah i mean it's a horror comedy yeah and like this is what's wrong with people our age is that <laughs> this is what they were like here you go children <laughs> there's a lot more of murdering police not helping mm-hmm. uh, adults not believing other adults essentially <laughs> just like hey drive drunk home in your plow wait a minute on third thought maybe don't <laughs> but we're also fine with you doing it I, I feel like this is this is a period where because like some of these filmmakers like especially Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. was able to have such success that he then went on to make these like commercially successful stuff that on the yeah. surface seems like kid kids kids fair, but mm-hmm. there was so much horror mm-hmm. put into it, you know. Yeah. I mean, we we've already seen Poltergeist, which is something that I mean he was so heavily involved in, and mm-hmm. that was kind of like putting the mainstream you know horror uh, you know to a lot of the public, but also just all sorts of other movies during this time, you know. That are messed up when you go back and look yeah, at them. Yeah, you look at them, and, and they're four kids, and they're scary stuff. Yeah, we we were allowed to, like, be traumatized by yeah. movies when mm-hmm. we were children. <laughs> well, part of it was the, it was the PG thing. Yeah. That was PG the problem. PG Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Gremlins and the Temple of Doom were the movies that, that really started the debate about creating a PG-13 rating. Because and then Red Dawn was the actual first one, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm. As far as I understand it. So have that we... should have been rated R. Like, yes. Oh my God, yes. It's so violent. Mallory, have you seen Red Dawn? I've seen no put, put it on the list. Put it on the list. She only watches Friday the 13th. I've seen Friday the 13th and Child's Play. Oh, uh, yeah. We've done both of those on the podcast. Oh, uh, Child's Play, I'll go back um, more. I love that movie. Yeah, it's hard to define things of this era, and it's like, are they kids' movies? Are they for adults? Is it horror? Is it comedy? There's some real goofy stuff, but it's also, is it a Christmas movie because it takes place at Christmas time, and it is Christmas Eve, and it is a Christmas movie? Yeah. It also, you know, is obviously a horror movie, which would put it like in Halloween territory. But this movie was released in the summer. <laughs> in the, it was rushed into the summer. In the they hot, weren't gonna, hot heat. They weren't going to put it out during Christmas. Yes, they Christmas were. time, yeah. But, they, but then they were like, Ghostbusters, let's Ghostbusters. see what you got. <laughs> yeah. I see that. Yeah, it came out 
Didn't it come out same li- day. literally the same day as Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. 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 That'd be a fun double feature. Ghostbusters, yeah. which is also scarier than you remember it. Very spooky. Yeah. And very um, sensual. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real nice way to put that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are moments in that. Okay, so Gremlins. Here's my question for you as a filmmaker, too. Is this a film noir? Because it begins with narration oh, and I, ends yeah, with yeah, narration. I, <laughs> I wouldn't put it in the film noir section. It, it, I, I feel like because of the director, Joe Dante, who's a huge fan of like old like 50s movies, mm-hmm. puts in aspects of those old movies that he likes. Like He later did Matinee, which is even that... like to the 10th degree, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, no, I, I say it, you can have aspects of film noir, but ultimately like the whole, I don't know. Well, that's, well, they ultimately have a positive ending, which very few film noirs yeah. have. That's true. You know, it's ultimately about the whole world closing in on, on each other, you know, on, on your There's a lot of shadows and, though. A lot of yeah. shadows yeah. in this but, movie. Yeah, so I, I'm, yeah. There's definitely um, influence for sure. Mm-hmm. And I would argue, is it a happy ending? I mean, the family all seems fine, but there's the death yeah, of this town. The is town's destroyed. There are corpses well, in the streets. They're not too destroyed. Also, but there is a happy ending. Okay. The <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Deal, the, the villain, yeah. mm-hmm. the pseudo villain of yeah. the movie, she's killed, mm-hmm. we presume, but she was going to destroy the town. That was her master plan that we kind of don't see but it's a it's a deleted scene in the movie mm-hmm. oh. where she was gonna buy all the houses yeah. and turn it into a, like a nuclear waste plant <laughs> so she was like kind of in a way like are you think you're thinking that that's about like gentrification yes. or like eminent domain it's about capitalism okay. it's about all these things it's about she, she does actively try to murder a dog yeah and she kind of let that woman let her children starve yeah. <laughs> as well. She's a ruthless capitalist. But like, I think that's her character and the, um, the like yuppie guy who was his friend, who's the bank manager Reinhold. now. Yeah. <laughs> like these are two kind of characters that I feel like really set this movie up to be uh, a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's this sort of, uh, d- yeah, play. it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful villain. life. Even gets played in the movie, and these two characters are like they're they're mean for the sake of being mean, and are hurting uh, the their neighbors in their their dead end community around them because they want to end up on top. Which I feel like is like a really common. It's Christmas very eighties. Very eighties, and also a very prominent thing in Christmas movies: a character who hates Christmas. Also yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So like I feel like there are, the beginning of this movie is really setting you up for a Christmas film, mm-hmm. but then none of those things are like resolved at the end of this film. No, I no. do not know if like the mortgages are all sort of like stayed afloat. If all the families get to keep their homes, I do not know what happens to the yuppie guy. Mm-mm. He I disappears. Does, does, <laughs> he never comes back in like, the movie. How does that love interest feel about Santa Claus and Christmas now? Like, is it a now positive? <laughs> Sort of thing. All the, this, all the other deaths and murders help new, it be, help yes. bring it back for her. Yeah. The bonding from all the killing. The teamwork. Really yeah. kind of paved over all those. <laughs> so like, yeah, it gets hijacked by a horror film. Yes. And it, it goes full on crazy once the gremlins take over. Yeah. Like they have elaborate costumes. And elaborate bits. I, I, so I really want to talk There's about that. Secret, there must be start. secret gremlin uh, seamstresses yeah. in the back. Yes, I have no 
know I want to talk about how they got those costumes and how each one has their own like personality and yeah. how, talk about a film noir they're like in a nightclub yeah. like doing nightclub things there's a, a shot of one gremlin who's wearing like a uh, like a bogey costume, kind of like smoke. They're yeah. smoking cigarettes too. Yeah. And then you've got the gremlin with the two puppets on its hands. Okay, so even in the gremlin world, there are comedians <laughs> who just need to entertain. Ultimately, if the ecosphere gets sophisticated and large enough, then then the comedians will kind of pop up, rise to the top. Yeah. There will be a gremlin with a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so before there can be gremlins, though, we have this film noir beginning that has like it, clearly it was open season on being racist against Asians yeah. <laughs> in the eighties, and I like so the the father begins Ran. and ends. His name's Ran. His name Rand. Okay. His name's Ran. <laughs> That's oh. terrible. Okay. I don't know how he supports a family with his terrible inventions, <laughs> yeah. but he apparently just goes door to door in Chinatown, like selling his inventions yeah. and uh, uh, having interaction, having very questionable interactions with very young kids <laughs> who like lead him down dark alleys. Sure. And he like sort of steals, but doesn't necessarily steal yeah. this. He makes a deal with an underage child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All above board. But when this, with this very, like, um, he looks like the character in... Oh, Big he looks like Short Round? No, no, he looks oh, like... Wow. The, the, the little kid looks like Short Round, but the, the older uh, oh, grandpa yeah. looks like the character from Big, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Like, that's the look. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you can't have this mogwai creature. It's too... It's too much responsibility for you. And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me 200 bucks. I'll meet you out back. Um, and he takes I thought it, it was 20. He paid 200? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. The kid knew the, the value there. In 80s dollars. Again. Yeah. That's a lot of money in 80s, yeah. in 80s dollars. And he's like, oh, I got to... What's this? so is this yeah. like a cultural appropriate like is this a colonization risk? Again, yes, because that's what I was thinking. Like yeah. this is like a warning about not stealing things you don't understand mm-hmm. yeah. yeah ultimately you know it's like the the old man who owns the shop he's treated he's got his own agency he has self-respect he seems like a serious dude mm-hmm. he's not gonna do some catchphrase or whatever like he, <laughs> he he's serious and then the the dad comes in and it's like oh look at all this stuff oh and you've got dragon breath you really Gong. need this yeah. yeah was that a so, slur what was yeah. that <laughs> Yeah, and so and so he is not like attuned at all to. He's not reading the room. He's not attuned to this dude. This is his stuff, and he says, "No, I'm not going to sell it." Mm -hmm. So he is he's playing quote the ugly American, you know. And then ultimately at the end, you know, when the when the old man returns, you that's definitely the speech that they get. You guys were not prepared for this. You guys did not take the responsibility, and they they literally didn't. At every they treat these warnings and everything so casually yeah. and they happen and it's a hundred percent their fault. Oh, yeah. It's oh. almost like the, the, almost as if like the, the gremlins, the mogwais didn't exist. This is almost like one big, like twilight zone episode yeah. where they need to learn a lesson about responsibility. Yeah. So I have a fact about mogwai okay. as well. Mm. Um, so the rules, which, which we simply must discuss. Yes. Uh, the rule number one is that bright light will not only hurt a mogwai, sunlight, direct sunlight, will kill a mogwai. So sunlight's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, water, they can't drink water. 
because water is what causes them to multiply and they can't eat food after midnight. So food, light, and water are what these creatures <laughs> can't, can't abide. Um, so the Mogwai are actually aliens that were genetically hybrided. Hybrided? Is this from like the, the comics? Hybrid the comics? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a la Stitch. Yeah, they I got are, very oh. proto-Stitch vibes. And one because of the the scientists messing around with with creating them uh only one in ten thousand mogwai will be sweet and and gentle and nurturing creature like gizmo the other 999 of (laughs) them will there's more than that 9999 of them uh will be real assholes Mm. turns out um but Here's, here's my biggest question. Mm. Isn't everything after midnight? So what? Right. when does the clock reset? <laughs> Is it between midnight and 6? Yeah. Because if he feeds them at 4 a.m., technically, that's after midnight. If he feeds them at 7 a.m., this is also after midnight. Yeah. I presume, like, maybe it's, like, not so much about the time, but, like, how much time passes after the sun goes down maybe like their circadian rhythm yeah when in their own <laughs> system therefore a mogwai in alaska would always be able to eat yeah or never be able to eat actually i do have a question just because you have this background knowledge so one of the characters in the movie who's like you know the kind of crazy dude around town mr futterman mr futterman is talking about how they had the gremlins mm-hmm. in the war and they were right. always messing mm-hmm. with their uh, machinery, with the American yeah. machinery, and that's why we don't trust Toyota. Um, like, <laughs> is that real? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's canon. Yeah. So it, yeah. So the the whole term gremlins comes from um, the superstition that that you know um, that these creatures, and I think this is like during World War II, mm-hmm. uh, like the RAF pilots, like yeah. that creatures would take apart your ship, and that's why things would fall off, mm. or like you know. Basically, the belief in mischievous trolls okay. that would that would um, mess up with your mechanics. Okay. So it's like gremlins, and gremlins. so that's the origin of all this. And then they took that and made a movie out of it. Yeah. It's also sort of like if you have heard of that, there's something yeah. on the wing, right? What that? That's a twi- the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone? Yeah. 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 So yeah, like like fairies, pixies, gremlins. Okay. It's it's all kind of that, but yeah, they're relatively. Mm-hmm. Um. But, so, what, you know, what I love in Gremlins 2, they <laughs> pick apart all the rules. Yeah. And it's amazing because they're like, wait a minute, midnight, like, it's always midnight somewhere. And then, like, when the guy's saying that a gremlin pops out and <laughs> rips his throat out. Yeah, <laughs> so I get it. I hear what you're telling me, Joe Dante, and I shan't pick apart your rules anymore. Um, uh, so there's this whole other movie in addition to, which is about the small town and the Mrs. Deagle character yeah. who is wants to kill dogs wants children to die of starvation but the other like i will keep calling them adults even though the main characters as mallory pointed out are also adults the adultiest of the adults uh the boomers would they be boomers would they be boomers the adultiest adults in yeah. This, yeah in this yeah well i would uh, well <clears throat> let's see mr futterman fought in world war Two. so so he's a greatest generation he, yeah I okay. assumed Vietnam. Um, right. <laughs> just, you know, based on the, like, timing. Based on his age, though, it could have been either or both. Right. But, I mean, if he had, yeah. So Probably he, not both. So 
Yeah, 84 was approximately 40 years after World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he could be like 65. Like the people in their yeah. 60s, the yeah. retirees are... Yeah, are the mean ones. Yeah. So yeah. Mr. Futterman is like clearly has PTSD and needs medical attention that he's not getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he just like drives his plow and drinks at the bar and then also drives his plow. Um, but like the, so the other people in this town are not also not having this like Christmas spirit. Like the sheriff is trying to wheedle a, a free tree out of the like small mm-hmm. business owner who's mm-hmm. like, come on, man, like times is hard. Can't you buy a tree? Um, the, you know, the people at the bank aren't nice. You've got the Judge Reinhold, very yuppie character, being like, you got to get out of this dead-end town. And there's just mm-hmm. there's only two nice people in the whole place, Phoebe Cates and this adorable um, kid who's never been in any other movies. Because <laughs> okay. he was killed. <laughs> no. no, the guy who plays... Oh, Billy. Billy? Billy? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, here's your Mogwai. Okay. Oh, oh. So there is a moment that I need to call out where they're like in the bar originally and Judge Reinhold comes in to be like, look at me, I'm 23 and I'm the junior manager. You got to do something (laughs) with your life, kid. And then he hits on Phoebe Cates, which is weird because Fast Times at Ridgemont High had come out two years before this. Have you seen that, Mallory? Is that the one that's about prostitution? No. Oh, (laughs) we should do that. We do need to do that one on the pod. Maybe that's a Thanksgiving movie. (laughs) Um, It's about family. It's about, yeah, that it's about episode will, will have family. come out already, so we'll know. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, he says, like, uh, haven't you been to see my new, you need to come see my new apartment. Yeah. Right. We're talking cable. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> like, that's his, like, line to get the women. And I'm like, all right, okay, okay. I can see that. I mean, so, okay, I, I did, did, did want to drop in one thing. Please okay, so. Drop in many things. All of this, so. All of this, every every time we see outside, it is just snowy and Christmassy, and it's a hundred percent fake. Right. It was all shot in California and yeah. in Burbank, ah. on the same set on uh, the Warner Brothers lot, the Back to the Future. Back to the Future, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah. Every bit of snow is fake. I mean, they did a good job. Yeah, yeah, they did because I never would have, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen it, you know, many times and never even thought about it. I, it, it would be a fun like we always try to make like or I always like, I'm like, drinking game rule. Like, when you see the clock tower, you have to be like, ah, take a drink, there it is, clock tower. Um, because this was a summer movie that was filmed in the summer, and they're just like, yeah, yeah but it's Christmas. Uh, and so we, we meet the mom. And so you're wondering, like, the whole time, like, how does this man support a middle-class family when he's, like, selling this big, this thing the size of a shoebox mm-hmm. that has, like, a toothbrush in it? and wandering around the world, going to conventions on Christmas Eve, and all these inventions in his home. That don't work. Don't work and are violent. (laughs) (laughs) That fly swatter was like, I was scared of it. The egg cracker (laughs) that like assaults the egg. Like that is, these are dangerous. Maybe he's on disability. Yeah. He's really, he's like the dad from Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) I assumed that the son was like supporting them. Oh, yeah. Th- there was a line that that he was basically keeping supporting his family them. afloat yeah. from yeah. his bank job. And yeah. so did the mom have a job? Like, I was wondering if the mom had a job or if she just chopped onions all day. I'm, that's not ju- She also chops down some gremlins. That was an incredible <laughs> fight scene. Dude, yeah, the yeah. When, when, the sh- when the shit gets real, mm-hmm. mom is a killing machine. Yeah. She is, and she fears yeah. nothing. Yeah, no, no. She... she 
she stone cold kills like three in like 90 seconds. She asks no questions. <laughs> she takes no prisoners. Oh, yeah. No, no. she, it, she, I, whatever her background, I am fascinated because yeah. the second gremlin, mm-hmm. I mean, like the, the first one goes like in the blender, right? Jeez. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so then gross. the second one, she goes for a knife and goes straight at it with uh-huh. downward stabbing actions. <laughs> And then she walks through the house with just, like, clear eyes. Like, there's no fear in her. She's just uh-huh. like... But then we don't see her again, do we? No. no. She gets she, oh, little... he takes her to the doctor's house. Yes. And drops her off. She's a little shell-shocked, and yeah. so, yeah. Um, Otherwise, she would have taken care of business. She, she would have, yeah. Like you had to, it, she's like the Obi-Wan Kenobi. you got to get rid of the yeah. story so Luke can do something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I and, can you imagine <laughs> dropping mom into that theater full of gremlins? Like she would kill them all. Like she would have she would have a like river tem at the end right. of uh, the Tasmanian and, yeah. devil just spinning around, Darth mauling them mm-hmm. all. And <laughs> What's the movie with Keanu Reeves and he does a lot of gun fu? Now John with Wick. Dead. Yeah, it's, it's it'd be a very John Wick moment. Eighties mom, John Wick. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, so. There was a version of the script of this movie where the mom was killed by gremlins, and when he comes home, her head bounces down the stairs. Oh, yeah. And someone said no, so (laughs) thank God for that. So this script was written by Chris Columbus, you know, who did like Home Alone and and was this after he discovered America? Uh. (laughs) Actually, yeah, yeah. But see, he never intended this movie to get made. Like he just wrote like the craziest batshit thing to get him attention as a screenwriter. Yeah. And then eventually they, you know, after he had hits with like other stuff, they said, "Well, what else do you got?" What and, else you got? And so they actually they had to really <laughs> tone down some some stuff because it's so nutty. It, it, it the, there's nothing about this movie that isn't nutty, nutty, nutty. Um, can we well you were talking about Billy a little bit before Mm -hmm. and I feel like the thing that's missing from this movie is that there's no like inner monologue moment for him like because we know that he is basically supporting his family but like he seems okay with it Mm -hmm. like we know he wants to be an artist but we don't hear him say it and like I just needed him to like have a moment where like he punches a wall or something. He he, like he he needed like pretty content with yeah he was too content a little bit for me. You needed like a snakes on a plane moment. Get these motherfucking gremlins <laughs> out of my motherfucking so, town. So if this is about personal responsibility, is this also just about like you know like the naivete of what you don't know is not an excuse? You know because like all like his pers- in terms of personal responsibility, like he's upset when things go wrong, but it still doesn't like affect him. Yeah, you know? it's just kind of like, oh, this is happening in the moment. I'll take care of this now. He it, he does just kind of float through it until it, the whole town is taken over. But like, is that you know? Is I'm that, gonna use this term wrong. Is that a trauma response? Right? He's he's looking down at his friend who wants to get out of this dead end town. He's got a negligent father. He he as a son is like holding this family together and like paying the mortgage and his dad is spending $200 in Chinatown <laughs> with a man. Pay, paying a small child with yeah. money in, in an alley. Like, like truly, like he is just like, a, it's it's so hard. He, he never had a childhood. I'm yeah. assuming this about Billy. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and like I wanted 19? that moment where like we see him vent a little uh, bit. That's what I wanted. Okay, I feel that, I feel that. We get a 
We do get one character's moment of venting. Uh, yes, the best moment. When <laughs> Phoebe movie. Cates shares with us that she hates Christmas because her dad, when she was nine, mm-hmm. tried to climb down the chimney to bring them all gifts. I mean, he can't have been that great before this if that was the choice he made. <laughs> and got stuck and died in the chimney. Yeah. Couldn't holler for help, or I don't know. Oh, no, he broke his neck. That's what oh, she says. Oh. And then, like, the f- family's like, where's dad? And what's that smell? <laughs> uh, and they have to break down the chimney to get dead dad out of there. So, like, yeah, we're talking trauma response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that she's entitled to not want to celebrate There's a, Christmas. There's yeah. a lot of tra- traumatized characters mm-hmm. in, in this movie that has traumatized many people. Yes. <laughs> the cycle continues. Yes. <laughs> Again, that's another thing we can teach kids in school when they watch yes. this movie. Right. Um, now, who here was just recently traumatized? Ooh, ooh, ooh me. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down, I took track of childhood traumas. This is what this inflicted on me. Thank you. Or moments. And I, I, I've got four. Um, so definitely on there is um, the uh, the gremlin in the microwave. Yeah, oh, such a great scene. <sighs> so good. Yeah, it is. That was it a real great. fear, though. But there even, was a even fear watching of microwaves. it, I I, 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 I I turned away during that oh, shot. Yeah. yeah, it's so, so gnarly. Oh man, it. I don't like it. Yeah, PG thirteen. It's yeah. gross. Um, and there's a lot of animal abuse. Like he and and you know Billy is truly cavalier about what he does with these lives he's responsible for. He's just like gives one to, like he creates one in the high school science teacher's yeah. classroom. Like, oh, hey, cool. <laughs> yeah, can I keep this and do tests on it? Yeah, sure, I have no fucking feelings for this creature <laughs> yep. at all. I like this one. The rest of them can go straight to hell. <laughs> I do not care. Um, and yeah, that they, one, they that's the really first not, murderer. They are really not phased by this crazy life forms that they that mm-hmm. they see and yeah. then like multiply it's kind of like oh cool it's like when elsa creates the little snowball creatures i'm like mm-hmm. does does she give each one a soul is that her <laughs> job like you know it does are they asking themselves these questions like we want to believe that gizmo is because he's technically like the father right. to all of them. <laughs> is he? He's the but father he and the like mother. It. Yeah, negligent fathers is a theme in this movie. It is, Again. <laughs> and it's a theme of the 1980s. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it very much is like the parents and and their role mm. and the things that they do or don't do um, to take care of the family. So once once the f- high school teacher gets killed then it's just open season gremlin silliness right right which was a weird uh transition (laughs) for me personally i was like Mm -hmm. okay okay this is like a cute christmas movie all right we're now in the horror film Oh great! It's a comedy all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. it right. A, it was a very hard. Oh, this is like a ten-minute sequence. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that bar scene went on forever. <laughs> but talk about a trauma response too. I her choice to continue serving them so that they wouldn't <laughs> assault her is basically her job every day. It's the eighties. It's just. It's just today they're green. 
and small. And did you know? Did you pick up that she was working there for free? Yeah. Oh god. I mean, so well, that the bar wouldn't go out of business. Right. Oh. Like she's the patron saint of the town. Yeah. She's the only one who cares about anything. <laughs> she's the Leslie Nope of that town. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and then at some point she's like, wait a minute. By the way, there's a gremlin with a gun. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that and was it has a that mask. was comment number two. <laughs> Why well, does it have a mask? With the ski mask and then the gu- and then the, the revolver. Like, how do they know these tropes of human society? <laughs> they were just born. <laughs> they were no. really quick at just picking up yeah. cultural references and old cultural references. Uh-huh. The only movie they've seen is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> can, can we list our favorite? Gremlins from that bar scene. Chrissy, you pointed out that the one with the puppet. Oh, yeah, that's mine shot. too. Who gets uh-huh. shot in the face? Uh, I liked the like mob wife character <laughs> 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 yelling at the guy. That yeah. was my favorite gremlin. I I just like the ski mask. I just think. <laughs> I wanted to know where he got the mask. <laughs> Why it fit it so perfectly on his head? Because he has an abnormally shaped head. Uh, <laughs> there what? was a little gremlin seamstress that we didn't get to see. Aww. What about the flash dance <gasps> gremlin? <laughs> I take it back. That was my favorite gremlin. Was that your favorite? Nathan? No, the mine's a puppet. It's a puppet one, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're storytellers. What are you, what are you talking about? I did like the flash dance one. I'm like... How does do are they do they have gender? Are they beyond gender? <laughs> he is both the mother and the father, mm. right? So it seems like each gremlin chooses their gender Identity. when they go see yeah. the seamstress and say, "I'm like." Um. It's a sorting hat, I yeah. think. It's like, oh, you're 1940s mob boss wife. Oh, ooh, yay! <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. And then and then some gremlin walks up and they're like, "No, you're cocktail waitress. Go take over for her." Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I guess that's my lot. There's life. a queen out there. <laughs> and she's giving elaborate backstories to our gremlins. <laughs> uh, the Smurfette rule has, like, all oh, ruined things for women, really. Yes. <laughs> um, and so we get all that fun and the funniness. Uh, meanwhile, Billy goes to the cops and is like, please help us. They laugh at him. Mm-hmm. They, they finally go out in the town once they get a bunch of calls that are like, what? Little green creatures? What, I, I don't believe you, even though someone was just here telling me that same thing. <laughs> and they drive out around the town. They see the gremlins attack and kill, question mark, a Santa. We'll never know because they chose to drive away. away. <laughs> there were so, no body cameras back then, so I they could get away with it. <laughs> yeah, and, and we don't see them again. Like, yeah, we don't no. see those cops again, do we? I don't think so. No. Because the whole thing then go they so they kill all of them except for Stripe. Because Stripe, the one with the mohawk, was like, Oh, there's candy across the street. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna go yeah. get some candy. And it, ugh, they the, all the gremlin I mean, they're obviously terrible life forms, but all of them are like enjoying like Snow White and the seven dwarfs dwarves yeah. and they're they're singing along and they're all super happy and it's like yeah, we gotta kill them all. <laughs> like, oh, it sucks. Like they're they're like it's almost like a childlike glee that they're singing this song together. <laughs> and then and then backstage, our our humans are like, okay, prepare the fire. Like it's the end of Inglorious Bastards. It, well, that's what I was. They're thinking. all going to burn. Okay. And then we cut back to them and they're singing and loving. Yes, but like this is the tough sort of like tone transitions of this movie there oh, have yeah. been like 
11 murders up to this point mm-hmm. that they have all been a part of and like mm-hmm. we're just supposed to think they're cute and like oh be advertised at for milk duds by these like weird alien <laughs> creatures i don't know i was ready to see those fuckers burn can i say fuckers oh, i've said fucks up okay. <laughs> yeah, i was ready to see those fuckers no burn. for you though you can't please stop um <laughs> Did you? This is a weird thing. Did yeah. you notice when the theater blew up? Okay, so it cuts to Spike. He's in the candy store. They cut back to the theater. It's about to blow up. And there's this quick shot of a gremlin doing surgery. What? He has a surgical mask on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and he's holding a little instrument. Uh-huh. And he's like doing something, but you don't see it long enough because it explodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that I think that must exist only in my like lower functioning yeah, brain. I did see that too. Yeah. Um so then they have this like epic battle with Stripe where like Billy is injured. Like he is injured. There in the are arm. chainsaws and bows yeah. and arrows yeah. and like bats and for some reason the light switch in this department store is the last thing you can find first you turn on everything in the fountain department (laughs) and so the the baddest of all the gremlins is like oh i'm I'm gonna hop in this fountain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if a gremlin gets wet then it creates more yeah it, it multiplies whatever form they're in yeah yeah so he's going to jump in the fountain and be like, ha, 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 you know, I thwarted you. I found water. <laughs> like, that's, if there were gremlins in Arizona, we'd all be in trouble. Also, snow is but frozen water. Why, right. does, yes. Yes. Why does not being in the snow <laughs> make gremlins happen everywhere? Uh, uh, sure gets covered in gremlins, too. They make, sh- <laughs> so they make sure that, Billy isn't the hero who saves the day. Gizmo is the hero who saves the day mm-hmm. uh, by turning on the, the, raising up the curtain and turning yeah. on the light and, and giving us a horrible melting face yeah. scene. That's trauma number four. Trauma number four. Yeah. So which, which is scarier, so this melting face or the Raiders melting face? Oh, this is much worse. Yeah. Very well. The other one was a human being, Nathan. <laughs> I stand by my decision. Okay, very well. Yeah, but when the human being is sort of dying, he's dead. The, the gremlin comes back to life as yeah. This and horrible, uh, honestly, like when when character. when Tote dies in Raiders Lost Ark, that's like forty five seconds. So it's like, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. How did you time this one? How long was this one? It was way longer. Way longer. <laughs> um, I still stand by. I would rather have a plush gremlin. Which I do own, <laughs> than a plush ET. <laughs> and there was a plush ET in yeah, the department was. store. There was. Yeah. Yeah. That was at a yeah. Steven Spielberg thing. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, would you? Do you recommend this movie to people, Nathan? Are you like, oh, you haven't seen Gremlins? Well, sit down. It's Christmas time. Yes, but it, it's it's definitely not like um. I would say I would, you know, I would not put this in the same category as, let's say, like Goonies, maybe, mm-hmm. to where it's like, oh, this is like an 80s staple movie. It's like, this is wackadoodle, mm. and I would only recommend it to some people who are up for wackadoodle experiences. Who don't believe you when you describe this movie to them? <laughs> right. But at the same time, like, you know, like Gremlins is kind of a part, it, a part of the cultural, you probably knew some stuff culturally about gremlins like just seeing the imagery over yeah, and over again yeah. and, and things like that so mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's a tough recommendation because it is pretty darn strange. But at the yeah. same time, it, I, you know, like you know, if, if if it would for sure be on like the top one hundred eighties movies that I would include. So yes, I'd say I'd recommend it. it gets but with your an top one hundred, okay. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I'd put an asterisk on it, you know, like depending on. It's like <laughs> fair. if I was trying to get like a like a a, a young a young Nathan <laughs> and a recommending it's like these movies shall form you. I don't know if this would. You don't know if you want yeah, this yeah. movie to form right, a young Nathan. Right, exactly. You know what? I think we need some more trauma here. Okay, we're gonna throw in Gremlins. We're gonna throw Disguised in Disguised as Fun. Disguised as childhood tra- fun. Childhood trauma is a good thing. If we get it from movies, we're gonna get. If we don't get it from movies, we're gonna get it on the streets. <laughs> you never know. Um, I don't recommend this movie because it's too long. It's too long. Mm. Come on, mm. you can chop eighty minutes out of this movie and have it be a half-hour special. No? Okay. Uh, what about you, Mallory? Now that you've seen it, will you show it to other young people you know? <laughs> well, I, uh, Have you heard the good word? <laughs> I, I think to your point, Chrissy, like the movie's too long, and I think it's too long because it's trying to be two different movies. It's trying to be this Christmas movie that it sets up in, in the beginning and then doesn't end with it, and then it tries to be a horror movie that's a little wackadoodle. And to me... I feel like there are better 80s Christmas movies, and I feel like there are better 80s wackadoodle horror movies. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, final answer. Okay. Kevin? Uh, well, as I mentioned at the top, I think this movie should be taught mm-hmm. to <laughs> the young. I think there's so much to deconstruct. And yes, it is wackadoodle, and it is genre-bending. hope we brought that word back. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's so many things that you can pick apart, like the Invasion of the Body Snatchers reference yeah. and how that's an allegory for communism and yeah. how you can make connections with the gremlins and how they kill the capitalist of the town. Yeah. So Wait, so are they the proletariat out to res- restore power to the hands of the people? You could interpret it that way. I, they, they're definitely not on board with the idea of like uh, money. They're just taking what they, they take, need right. and they're, they're living their lives. Okay, but they, also. they do seem to they, they, they murder each other, <laughs> but they also share with each other, so I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I like that. And perhaps, you know, while this movie was traumatizing us, it was also um, uh, planting the seeds of the social justice activists that we would become as adults. Maybe. So, on a scale of one melting gremlin face mm-hmm. to 10 <laughs> melting gremlin faces, <laughs> these being good things, yeah. um, on, a, on that scale of one to 10, yeah. What? Where would you? Where does this land for you? Let's yeah. Let's start with yeah. Mallory. Um, I'm going to give this movie a four out of ten melting gremlin faces. There are definitely some great parts. Like there are a lot of incredible shots. The the uh, zooming in on Phoebe as she's giving her speech about why she hates Christmas. The final fight scene um, has some really cool like lighting and angles going on and and the again the face melting is incredible and all the animatronics really hold up mm-hmm. but it just it, as a plot i don't know what's happening yeah. <laughs> and i don't think it does well four yeah. out of ten four out of ten i would probably give this seven and a half yeah 
I like it. We are all over the spectrum. <laughs> I love it. Nathan, you are notoriously uh, uh, accurate and yet Stingy. harsh judge. <laughs> I have to con- I, I have to confer. I uh, seven and a half is where I kind of land. Okay. Um, I was vacillating between seven and eight. Mm-hmm. You know, eight because there are some like classic moments and yeah. some cultural moments, yeah. and then seven is those. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Like, yeah, it's kind of getting long. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, my safe bet is the 7.5. Love it. Um, we didn't talk a lot about the Joe Dante no, direction. No. Or do you have thoughts and feelings about it? Well, no, well, I mean, you can definitely see, um, like his interest in retro stuff, but also yeah. in like in like cartoons, you yeah, know, yeah. like there's a lot in this movie that is very cartoonish and almost like Warner Brothers, you know, like. Yeah. Um, uh, level of comedy of boing. And he wanted to be a cartoonist, Joe Dante, when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our second Joe Dante movie. We did The Burbs. And I love The Burbs. And, and we've got to do Inner Space. I love Inner Space. Is, yes. that, is that the Thanksgiving movie? Because it's about looking within yourself? It could be. Or looking within <laughs> Martin Short? Right. <laughs> um, okay. Did you have something else to say, Kevin, about the Joe Dante bit? Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I think this movie, to me, feels very Joe Dante, just because it is mm-hmm. satirical. Mm-hmm. It's very absurd. Um, and it doesn't really fit in a genre, particularly, yeah. which I think is very I, characteristic. I don't know who could have done this better, because like, if you had taken someone, they would have made it a little more horror or a little more one way. Like, I feel like... For better or for worse, the wackadoodle nature is its strength. Again, now you know Tim Burton almost directed this. <laughs> right. right. And but, I think that yeah. would have been now to be, I, yeah. I can feel a Beetlejuice ear version of this movie. I think it yeah. would have been still just as funny, probably still just as dark, but I think it probably would have threaded that needle of horror mm-hmm. comedy in the way that Beetlejuice does yeah. in a more successful mm. way. Then I retract my statement. No. <laughs> you get your statement. And, and back to the, the, the like 80s has weird Asian xenophobia. Yeah. They wouldn't have done the, um, the, the noir scene in the beginning. And because you don't have the noir scene and because you aren't referencing the Hayes Code, you don't have to have this like Asian interpretation that's happening throughout the movie and like also weirdly comes up with the Mr. Frumberger and like mm-hmm. the little bits that are like talking about Asian machinery throughout the movie, which is totally unnecessary. So we did have a very interesting conversation, Kevin, with my son who is 11 yeah. uh, about whether or not that guy was being racist yeah. uh, about when he was talking about the like foreign auto parts right. and things like that. And we were like, well, is he being racist or yeah. is he being like a nationalist xenophobic Mm-hmm. damaged person and like because he he was he was taking out on the foreign cars but the one he was yelling about at first was a german car yeah the volkswagen yeah. the volkswagen yeah uh and and we talked about like well okay so the you know he's right now he's talking about the car so that's you know maybe he's not being racist but he is being you know all of these other problematic things he gets racist later don't worry <laughs> um but yeah. you know and so it did open the door to that conversation yeah. And truly, the worst of the worst of the 80s movies that we, you know, 
do get to talk about, open the door to say, hey, young people, this was yeah. something we didn't yeah. bat an eye at in those days. And now and And to be fair, like... These char- like that character is seen as a fool. Yes, in right. the yeah. story, yeah. his his beliefs, even to like the main character, is like okay, I want to yeah. get out of this conversation. <laughs> Would you get in your plow and drive yeah. home, Russell <laughs> man? So, so yeah, there, there's '80s movies and and older movies where that sort of comment and beliefs are seen as okay, and then there's others where you've got racist or nationalistic people. And they are even in the in, in those older movies are seen as kind of dicks. Yeah, you yeah. know. So it's like, do you, would you not then include that? You yeah. know. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I still watch Breakfast yeah. at Tiffany's. I do fast forward through <laughs> right. Mickey Rooney. Yes. Mickey Rooney does not need to be in that movie. <laughs> Um, so I think that, like, for me, uh, I sort of take the approach that everything's a ten until you convince me it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still think I would put this movie at a six. Um, because it does have that, it does have a, a rewatchability with your kids factor because of the goofiness. Um, but you know, to compare it to Ghostbusters that came out on the same day, my kids have seen both, and they they both had a period of extreme obsession and wanting to be Ghostbusters, and only are kind of like, yeah, I mean, Gizmo's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what is your Deep cut recommendation. Nathan, you have to go first for this one. Okay. Because yours are always the best. So, well, mine is, uh, this is, uh, it's not super. You've really been on a streak, though, recently. So a lot of pressure here to not blow it. Uh, So I'm, (laughs) my deep cut recommendation is the Key and Peele sketch. (gasps) Where they they talk about how, so it's like, we just had a great hit with Gremlins. (laughs) We're going to do this. We're going to hire this person. And then suddenly, um, Jordan Peele comes in, and he is Hollywood's script doctor. <laughs> and so he is flamboyant, and he's throwing ideas around, and everyone gets a suggestion on what kind of gremlin. It's like, oh, you want a, you want a, a vegetable gremlin? We got it in the movie. Yeah. You, want a, you want a spider gremlin? Great, that's great. We're going to put that in the movie. And there's like a text that comes up. All these gremlins are actually in Gremlins too. <laughs> it's true. I forgot about the vegetable one until uh-huh. you just said it just now. Yeah. That movie's bonkers. <laughs> it's so fun. I, I, I recommend that before I could recommend seeing Gremlins too. Okay, very good. Very good. But the, as a companion piece, though, to Gremlins too. That's optional. Okay. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Nathan. Very good. Very good reference. Um, so, deep cut recommendation. Kevin, this is not the most obvious thing. Maybe it's the third or fourth most obvious thing. Um, well, I have two. Uh, one is there's a short film on YouTube made by a Gremlins fan called Gremlins Recall. It's a fun 15-minute modernization. It's a se- like a sister sequel to Gremlins where it's like in present time, and it's just 15 minutes long, and it's made by fans. And it's, If you like Gremlins, you'll like this short film. That's all I'm going to say. The other thing I wanted to recommend is Joe Dante's first film, which is Piranha from 1978. <laughs> it's on the surface, it looks like a really weird, bad B movie, and it is, okay. but it has that signature Joe Dante satirical wit to it because it's very self aware. Because Piranha was basically so Jaws came out, everybody's yeah. like, we need to make a Jaws like movie, so right. they made Piranha. Slightly smaller jaws. <laughs> little, little tiny jaws. 
in a river. Um, <laughs> and so that was the assignment. And then Joe Dante was like, well, I'm going to make it very self-aware. So all the characters are kind of like aware that they're in a Jaws ripoff. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what makes it really fun. So I would recommend that as well. Awesome. Okay. I love it. Um, for me, um, I feel like this movie is like trying to be, a, you know, an 80s heartwarming family movie. It's got like a wacky adventure dad. So if you want uh, a heartwarming family movie with a wacky adventure dad, um, I suggest um, When Good Ghouls Go Bad. So this is a movie based off of an R.L. Stein book starring Christopher Lloyd as a wacky inventor. What? Um, yeah, it's, it's actually very good. I saw this only as an adult, not as a child, so I can tell you with completely like strong opinions on this. It's a perfect Halloween movie. You're going to like cry a little bit at the ending. You're going to get some like weird moments and like some very classic Christopher Lloyd faces. So. I love that. I've never even heard of that. I've never but heard I love of it either. R.L. Stein. <laughs> I love Christopher Lloyd. I love all of the pieces of that puzzle. Um, so my deep cut recommendation is pet hedgehogs. <laughs> I, I have a pet hedgehog. We don't interact that frequently. <laughs> when we do, but you can recommend it's, them. It's a hello, <laughs> hello hedgehog. Yes, hello, human being that feeds me. Um, uh, does does he want to be? You know, digging for scrubs <laughs> under under bushes in Africa, probably. But he's in a cage in my craft room, um, eating cat food and uh, <laughs> hanging out with me. Um, so it just like made me think of Gizmo. <laughs> they, um, they only recently became legal. That's exactly because right. Because they have yes. no natural predators. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so if you were to like, if I were to like let my hedgehog out, yeah, go do what it wants. Tisk, tisk. Now you know, having seen Gremlins, what would happen? Personal responsibility, <laughs> exactly. And uh, do you know the two ways in its natural environment that they that they can be because they they ball up and they're protected. They do, and but, it's real hard to get out yeah, of them. When they're the, like that. the the two ways in, in in their natural habitat that they are killed by predators is that the jack the um, the hyenas have learned to pee on them and then they'll unroll and then uh, large eagles will pick them up and fly, drop them yeah fly oh them no very high oh god I thought it was going to be something oh cute. Like, God. I don't know. They <laughs> dig a hole and then they suffocate right. in there. They tickle like, them. <laughs> <laughs> they die. Cuteness. We, we got uh, the hedgehog for my daughter's 14th birthday um, because she just knew, based on the internet, that she wanted a hedgehog. She did all her research and she knows how to take care of the hedgehog and, and exactly like all of the things that the hedgehog needs, but the hedgehog does not want to cuddle with her, and so it is my hedgehog now. <laughs> and we oh, respectfully I- don't cuddle. We just, hello, Pulliam, <laughs> thank you for running in your wheel and allowing me Tip to see your hat. cuteness. Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, good day to you, human who gives me cat food. Please change my bedding now. So, I recommend them as pets. At least they only live 30 years. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have that hedgehog until I'm a very old lady. Uh, so what, um, what things would you like to promote? So, like, usually, you know, I promote theater and yeah. Nathan promotes um, uh, his films. Like, you can pick anything at all that you want to promote. Um, I'll say please go get vaccinated. Um, the other thing is follow me on Instagram Yay. at uh, smal, S-A-M-A-L, underscore practice. Malpractice, but you know, small. Uh, and also, like, I'm at this theater. Follow NCT Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I also uh, perform at this theater, so follow us, Neighborhood Comedy Theater. Um, yeah, what else should I promote? I guess. Do you have you know, a Twitter? I think your Twitter's good. I do Personal have a responsibility? <laughs> yes, I will promote <laughs> the message of this film, which is uh, take care of the environment, don't be greedy. <laughs> Be a good parent. <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> Don't try and be an inventor. Um, Clean out follow, your microwave. <laughs> follow your dreams, because if Billy followed his dream to go to art school, he wouldn't have. This wouldn't have happened. Yeah. it's true. They never <laughs> For did the acknowledge first time, that art he... school would have solved something. <laughs> <laughs> if only that little gremlin with the puppet had gotten to go to art school, who knows what would have happened? He was the one nice one out of that ba- that no, batch. That's true. <laughs> Um, uh, Nathan, what, uh, is there a way that people can support any upcoming projects? Uh, yeah, so we've, we've got some projects going on. The best way to, um, to do, uh, to check out what we're up to is, is to just go on Squishy Studios. Uh, mainly our Facebook, our Squishy Studios on Facebook is a, is a good way to kind of learn, uh, what we're up to. So. Excellent. Um, and of course, you can always find me uh, at Neighborhood Comedy Theater, where where we are in downtown Mesa, with all these wonderful people. Yay! Yay! Um, come see more live podcast shows at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater. Uh, we appreciate you uh, listening. Let's give it up for our audience again. Yeah. <laughs> a gremlin with a puppet on his head. <laughs> um, so please, you know, we ask you every time, and we simply must ask you every time, take that personal responsibility that Kevin's been telling you about to like, <laughs> thumbs up, rate, <laughs> review this podcast, uh, tell a friend about it, and uh, all of those things. We, we truly do appreciate them, and they are extremely helpful. Um, and, you know, in the vein of personal responsibility, uh, do keep the most excellent 80s movies podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Air high five. Thank you for doing that with me, Mallory. <laughs> I feel rejected by Kevin and Nathan. <laughs> Weirdness okay. arm flapping us. <laughs> Yay!